Kyle batting for the Cubs corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Cubs Corner. I'm your host, Anthony Pasquale, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill. Coach's is located over at 6169 North, Northwest Highway, on the northwest side of Chicago. Great food, great people there. Make sure you head over there for a Bears game. I know Bears Packers this Sunday, and as the baseball season approaches, patiently as we wait, you can catch some Cubs games and some Sox games at Coach's. Some great deals there for sure. This is our one of our first episodes here of the offseason. No guests, so I'll be doing this one solo, but there's a lot to delve into as the Cubs approach this ever-important offseason as they try to bridge that gap from struggling in the division to contending and contending for years to come. We'll start here with the World Series. The Astros beat the Phillies in a very entertaining World Series in six games. The Astros get their second World Series in six years. And, of course, the Philadelphia Philadelphia Phillies, excuse me, fail to win the World Series, but they did see some great performances from former Cubs, Kyle Schwarber, Nicholas Castellanos, to name a few. It was nice to see them playing, but the Cubs, of course, want to return to a position where they're able to contend in the playoffs and play in those World Series. We'll start with some offseason plans for the Cubs. Uh, the reports early on show that Ian Happ and Nico Horner are two targets for the Cubs to extend long term. As we look back to the previous core, the Cubs were not able to get any of those deals done. Wilson Contreras, free agent, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, they all got traded. Kyle Schwarber got non-tendered. The only player from the 2016 roster that is still currently on the Chicago Cubs, Kyle Hendricks, and he's only got a few years left of control. Jason Hayward was a phenomenal um, leader. I never quite lived up to the contract, but he was let go after this season. Wilson Contreras became a free agent, and the rest of the roster is no longer around unless you include manager David Ross, who of course caught on that team. But it looks like after a breakout season from Nico Horner and some consistency and an all-star appearance for Ian Happ, that seems to be the Cubs' plan in-house. They want to extend those guys and keep them around long-term, which I think is a good idea. Nico Horner was one of the best defensive shortstops in the league, and that's going to be even more important um, now without the shift in 2023, defensive versatility and athleticism is going to be way more important. So having Horner in a Cubs uniform not only next year but for years to come is going to be huge. And Hap, he's one of the longest tenured players left on the Cubs. He's a guy that you're going to want to keep in that uniform, and he's got one year left of control. Hopefully the Cubs can make that five or six or maybe even eight years, and he's a guy that stays on the north side of Chicago in the future. I think those are two guys that will be – Nice for the Cubs to acquire and keep on the north side long term. As for Wilson Contreras, he's officially a free agent. You know, you remember in the middle of this season, it seemed like, actually, let's go back to, to last year, uh, two years ago at the trade deadline when the Cubs got rid of Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, um, from the core and, and other players, of course, Jock Peterson, Andrew Chafin, Craig Kimbrell, etc. It made it seem like, okay, we didn't get rid of Wilson Contreras. He still has a year and a half left of control. Maybe he's going to be the guy the Cubs decide to build around. And then he followed it up with one of his best seasons ever, his best first half ever for sure. He was named an all-star, but the Cubs still never offered him that contract. So as the Cubs got closer and closer to that 2022 trade deadline, it seemed like, well, maybe Contreras isn't going to be a guy that the Cubs build around for the future. Maybe let's get rid of him, get everything back that we can for one of the best catchers in the game, and speed up that rebuilding process that looks to be 
not too far away from contending. Pete Carr Armstrong and Brennan Davis and and Owen Casey and some of the guys coming up in the minors, as well as Seiya Suzuki and Ian Happ, Nico Horner, and Marcus Stroman, who seem to be on the major league side, uh, ready to be on that next great Cubs team, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, etc. So then all signs pointed to him getting dealt at the trade deadline, and the Cubs were rumored to be looking at the Astros and the Mets and the Dodgers and the Red Sox as potential teams to trade Wilson Contreras to, and he ends up staying on the team on August 3rd, which made everybody really confused. Are the Cubs going to re-sign him? What's that going to look like? Instead, they offered him a qualifying offer when the season ended. Of course, Contreras declined after honestly kind of getting neglected by the Cubs franchise, never receiving an extension offer since 2017, according to reports. So Contreras becomes a free agent the day after the Astros win their second World Series in six years, and the Cubs get an end-of-the-first-round draft pick when Contreras signs somewhere else. It's tough. It's tough to swallow that fact that you have a guy give so much, so much passion, so much energy, and the fans loved him, and now you just have to watch him play for another team because the Cubs didn't want to open up the pocketbooks similar to Bryant and Rizzo and Baez and Schwarber, and it's kind of getting stale for Cubs fans. You know, why would I ever buy a jersey of a guy if I know they're not going to keep him around? Why would I go pay tickets to watch a team and pay the most expensive ticket in the sport for a team that's not going to pay my favorite player to play. It's it's tough for fans. It's time for that to change. And uh, hopefully Contreras is the last one on that negative side of things. And Happ and Horner start a new trend of keeping good and successful Cubs players in town. I think Contreras made a lot of sense to lead the next great Cubs team. He's great with a pitching staff. He's the best bat behind the plate in the league. Um, he's got one of the best arms, and he's a heck of a competitor. Great leader, great energy. Everybody feeds off of his energy. Christopher Morell had a great rookie season and contributed a lot of that to the leadership of Contreras. And now Contreras is likely gone. I don't imagine the Cubs will be pursuing him in free agency. They do have Jan Gomes for another year, so he kind of slates in to be that catcher for next year. But it's just tough to think about because Contreras seemed like that building block toward the future. Now, um, they, they might be a little bit stronger in the farm system and have some pieces, but they still need to shore up behind the plate which is easier said than done. So we'll see how the Cubs handle behind the plate, and we'll see where Wilson Contreras ends up taking his at-bats come next season. So far, the Cubs have been linked to a lot of different players, but mainly the only news coming from the offseason thus far is more on the other side of town. The White Sox signed Mike Clevenger to a deal. Um, the former Padre and Cleveland Guardian is now a White Sox, shoring up their rotation, and former White Sox, Jose Abreu, first baseman and designated hitter who the Cubs were linked to in free agency, just signed a three-year, $20 million deal with the reigning champion, Houston Astros. So those are the only two big moves thus far, but there are a plethora of players that the club Cubs have been linked to, potentially looking to sign or acquire, um, and then obviously Happen Horner would be extendable players on their roster. Jim Bowden, former general manager, made a list of targets that the Cubs are going to um, be rumored in, linked on, and potentially may acquire this offseason. I'll read that list to you guys. We'll start with all four shortstops that are available. Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa, and Xander Bogarts. The Cubs have been linked to all four in different ways. Then we'll start with the center fielder position. Somewhere the Cubs are trying to shore up defensively and maybe get a bat that can provide some spark in that offense with Hap in left field and Seiya Suzuki in right. Cody Bellinger and... Kevin Kiermeyer are the two on that list that the Cubs have been linked to. 
Um, it seems like there's a lot of play for Bellinger, who was non-tendered by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Cubs are going to have some competition there. I believe the Cardinals, the Giants, um, the Red Sox are among teams linked in for Bellinger, so we'll keep an eye on that. But those two at the center field position. And then starting pitcher, uh, Nathan Evaldi, Carlos Rodon, Chris Bassett, Jamison Tyone, and uh, Senga, the Japanese right-handed pitcher who knows Seiya Suzuki, is another guy that the Cubs have been linked to. So we'll see if the Cubs end up pursuing or how um, hard or fast they end up pursuing some of these players as the Christmas holiday approaches. Um, but we know that they're looking to shore up shortstop. Get your guy at short. Potentially move him to third and have Horner stay at short. Or move Horner to second and have your new shortstop play short and Nick Madrigal would become the DH then. All the more, it just shores up that middle infield, really strengthens the defensive lineup that the Cubs are going to have out there. It makes your lineup longer, and all around, it makes your team better. Getting a better defensive center fielder is huge, too, because it, it kind of strengthens that outfield defense and, of course, provides a little bit of veteran leadership to a, a younger team now that you look at it. And we know the Cubs need at least one or two starting pitchers to add Obviously, there's a lot of talent there. You've got Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, who are up-and-comers. You've got Hayden Wisniewski and Javier Hassad, who you saw a little bit of, but you're going to need to see more. You're not going to give them a rotation spot right away. You've got Alec Mills and Albert Alzali, who are coming off of injuries, but Alzali had a nice stint toward the end, but he might you know, project long-term in the bullpen. And then, of course, your veterans. You've got Kyle Hendricks and, of course, Marcus Stroman, who will be around for next year. But the Cubs also had some nice performances from Wade Miley and Drew Smiley. So it'll be interesting to see if they decide to bring either of those two pitchers back. So there's a lot of different options, but you definitely need to start at that top of the rotation and get a pitcher or two that could really strengthen that rotation and maybe take the ball come playoff time. Whether that's Carlos Rodon, who has some ties in Chicago, obviously used to play for the White Sox, or maybe in that next tier of Nathan Evaldi, Jamison Tyone, um, or Senga uh, from Japan. Some other guys the Cubs have been linked to, Josh Bell, um, to shore up first base in DH. Uh, I don't know if the Cubs really want Patrick Wisdom jumping from third to first in DH based on availability. And Andrew Benintendi, who played for Jed Hoyer back in Boston and is a, a really talented outfielder is another guy on the list for sure. So we'll be sure to keep our eyes on all of those players as the season continues, or the offseason continues. You know, we've got the GM meetings, the winter meetings coming up, and then, of course, spring training uh, reports on February and March. So we'll keep an eye on that. If, if I were to give my predictions, I would say it would be a disappointing offseason, to say the least, if the Cubs did not acquire at least one of those shortstops. Um, if I were to give my prediction here, I think, if the Cubs got Dansby Swanson or Trey Turner, they would play short and Nico Horner would slide over to second base. If the Cubs acquired Xander Bogarts, I think he would slide to third, Horner would stay at short, and Madrigal would play second. Carlos Correa is interesting because I think he might have the ego to say, I need to play shortstop, but the best defensive lineup, I think, would be him at third, Horner at second, especially as Correa gets older. Correa is the youngest, probably the best bat of the bunch, um, and maybe the best glove. Trey Turner has the best speed, without a doubt. He can change the game defensively or offensively with his legs, but also hits for the best average of all those guys. Xander Bogarts quietly puts up 320, 
average with a 400 on base and 25 to 30 homers and 100 RBIs a year. Plus, Jed Hoyer likes him from Boston. I think Xander Bogarts is a sneaky one. And Swanson might be one of the better defenders, probably has the worst bat, but he's been on a winning team all of his career. So those are the guys to look out for. If I had to make my prediction, I think the Cubs acquire Xander Bogarts this offseason. Then they're definitely going to look to get one of the starting pitchers. I think Rodon might be a little bit too expensive with the risk that comes with his injury. So I think the Cubs might end up signing, signing like Jamison Tyone or Chris Bassett. And then I do think they get Senga from Japan, pair him up with, say, a Suzuki and, and get that talent in the rotation. Obviously, the Cubs will go down the road and look for a um, couple of relievers as well. I think closer will be interesting next year. It might be Adbert Alzali, might be Rowan Wick, some guys that we've seen, or maybe they'll go get somebody like a flyer on Craig Kimbrell or um, somebody else like a uh, David Robertson, who was also in town last year. So we'll see on that. And then the last couple of guys on this rumored list, Andrew Benintendi, Cody Bellinger, Kevin Kiermeyer, and Josh Bell, uh, kind of for that first base or center fielder role. I do think they get one of those guys. I think Bellinger would be a really nice fit. Lefty power bat can play center field or first base. So I guess my predictions are Cubs are going to acquire Xander Bogarts, Cody Bellinger, say Jamison Tyone, and Senga from Japan. It'll be a really nice offseason. We put those guys in a Cub uniform and on opening day next year, it may not be the prettiest uh, lineup of sorts, but you, you'll have Happ in left, you'll have Bellinger in center, and you'll have Seiya Suzuki in right. You'll have, say, Christopher Morell at third. You'll have Bogarts at short. You'll have Horner at second. You'll have Patrick Wisdom at first. Say, Jan Gomes behind the plate. Marcus Stroman maybe on the mound for opening day or Kyle Hendricks. And your designated hitter could be Nick Madrigal. You can move things around. Morel can play some center. You can put Bellinger at first. You could put Madrigal at second, slide Horner to third, keep him at short, or put Bogarts at third. A lot of different things you could do, but I think that lineup would win at least 85-ish games and probably contend for a playoff spot, which is all the Cubs need to do in 2023. We'll keep an eye on this. We have some exciting guests coming up. I believe David Kaplan from NBC Sports Chicago, although he is leaving um, at the end of the year. And then, of course, we'll have Tony Andraki, Chris Emma, and maybe some other exciting guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. We've been trying to get Cubs voice Boog Shambi on the show as well. So we'll see what we're able to do with that. But once again, thank you guys all for listening. As always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill, located at 6169 North Northwest Highway. All episodes are available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts and the Cubs HQ website, so make sure to take a look. Past and future episodes will always be there. And for now, thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.